Hey everyone, this is Mallory Rubin, here to tell you about The Ringerverse, your go-to podcast feed for all things nerd culture and fandom. Multiple times per week, our experts and superfans delve into the latest sci-fi, fantasy, and superhero stories with instant reactions, deep dives, video breakdowns, theory fodder, and more. If you love Game of Thrones or Star Wars or Marvel, if you love video games or genre novels or comics, if you'd love to parse mythology and partake in the community around the most captivating fictional universes, these are the pods you're looking for. Follow The Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shout out, Zach Edwards. The Majesty. Oh, my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Okay, okay. 24 seconds. Champion Jam. A million percent. Confirm. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. There's something going on, feels like, on this Friday. <sighs> I'll tell you what's going on. I'm recording this as I'm heading out, getting ready to leave for Rio. I have a lot of different, a lot of different balls in the air, so to speak, at this very moment. We're going to figure it all out, though. Okay, we're Natalie's trying to figure out how to get Rocky to her parents. I just had to get Bear to my parents. Man, it's a lot. There's a lot happening with this pet ownership, Troy. It, it pet ownership would not work great for your nomad lifestyle. You know, the wife thing, the pets thing. Really, nothing you do has really ever sold it to me. With each passing episode, makes me want to have those things less and less. Well, what did what did Natalie do to make you want a wife less? That's that's sort of sad. It's not like she's always lurking. I love Natalie, but <laughs> I like my alone time. You know, she you really want someone there all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a fair point. Um, there is a lot of lurking. You know, there's a lot of hovering. It's a lot of uh, shared time together, but there's a lot of upside there too. You know, I don't want you to be, you shouldn't be scared of a, of a relationship, Troy. You were just in one moments ago. It lasted for all of five minutes. That was like a month and a half. And it, you know, it was a good setup. Flight attendant gone at least so I thought four that days was it. a week. Yeah. That should have been it for you. Yeah. But what happened? 
We just wasn't meant to each other. This wasn't wasn't meant to be. But you know what? She did have one lasting effect on me. What's that? So she is obsessed with amphibians. The one thing that I want in my future is a pet frog. Much less upkeep than dogs. I want a frog. Big frog guy now. You are a big frog guy. Yeah. You've decided. And and oh yeah. You're saying that was before you met her or because you met her? Because she introduced me to a whole new world that I never explored. Wow. Yeah. I gotta tell you, this is really an interesting bit of information. Shocking, I mean, some would say. Red-eye tree frogs, poison dart frogs, waxy monkey tree frogs. Have you seen these things before? They're adorable. No, 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 no. I haven't seen everything you're referring to. No. Mm. Saying all kinds of things. Um, all right. You know what? I can't talk about this anymore. <laughs> you're, you're freaking me out with the frog talk. There's a lot of frogs in Brazil. Go have fun. Yeah, you must be. Are you jealous that I'm that I'm going to be near so many frogs? I, I am pretty jealous. Frogs and acai bowls. What more could you want? Seriously. What else do you know about Brazil? You know anything else about besides frogs and acai bowls and, and carnivale, as you know it? Is yeah, yeah, the great, the great festival. The uh, great music Christ, festival. Christ carnivale. Redeemer. Very attractive women from what I hear. Yeah. The oh, land yeah. of jujitsu. There you go. You know about some you know about the Gracies. Oh, yeah. Know all about the Gracies. Now, when, when we started, and we're going to talk some wrestling here in a moment. When I... When I when I signed on, Troy, I noticed that you had a TV on in the background. Were, mm. were you watching MMA? Yes, I was watching uh, UFC 296 Fight Week coverage. Got it. Okay. Just checking. Just mm -hmm. checking. It wasn't wrestling. Don't get your hopes up. Guys, yeah, no, of course it wasn't. Guys, a uh, lot to do today, most specifically some mailbag and some Cody Rhodes uh, I had to sit down with Cody Rhodes on the K show and we are just going to throw all rules and brands rules by the wayside and just say, Hey, it's a Peter Rosenberg vehicle. So it aired on ESPN New York and now it is here on cheap eat. And guess what? Cody will not be denied. You guys need to hear from Cody Rhodes, by the way, I'll also have Cody Rhodes on my Christmas day, the best of raw. So, uh, very excited for you guys to tune in uh, on Christmas Day. The episode of Raw will be hosted by myself and Jackie Redman. And pretty cool episode. We have interviews with Cody, Seth, Becky, Jay Uso, Rhea Ripley's on there. A really fun show that's going to happen on Christmas Day for Raw. So stoked to be doing that. Um, you know, living beyond the, the confines of the PLE kickoff show, much as I love a PLE kickoff show. I very much do excited to be on an episode of raw. So we'll do that. But first Cody will be on this podcast. Uh, and I have many things to discuss with the, the codester. I don't know if we, I don't know if we should be doing the codester, but you, you get the idea. Nonetheless, um, bunch of, a bunch of fun emails in here though, that I'm seeing right now, T the G. So without any further ado, if you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time, let me say it one more time. Thank you. So you completely understand me. Thank man. you, Paul. 
if you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy. I just can't believe the best thing about that clip is that he worked so hard to get back to the reset just to say the right gay guy. It's the fact that he worked that hard to start fresh and then immediately drops it again. It's it's that's what makes it special to me. Mail. So much email, not enough time. Uh, our good buddy Asif writes us, should these tag teams be remembered or forgotten? Jumping off the conversation from last week's pod about the killer bees, thought it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on the following lesser known tag teams, specifically wondering if each team should be remembered or forgotten. High energy, Coco beware and Owen Hart. Strike force, the Highlanders. The Gemini, I don't even know that is. I don't remember that. The Beverly Brothers, La Resistance, Men on a Mission, The Ascension, Deuce and Domino, Power and Glory, the Vaude Villains. Wow. Most of those, to be honest with you, most should not be remembered. High energy just because it's Owen, you know, but not really. The Highlanders, no. Strike Force was a moment in time. Um, La Resistance, eh. I actually thought Deuce and Domino were fun. Don't ask me why. Dip would probably say everyone should remember Power and Glory. But no, you mentioned a lot of adjacent teams. It's a lot of adjacent right there. Mail. Natalie, did you figure out your plans? Do you have a plan you're comfortable with? Okay. We figured out something, I suppose. Let's go to James, who says, hey, guys, pod has been tremendous lately. Something occurred to me last night. Why doesn't Chief Jay Strongbow get credit for inventing the gritty? You know what? It's a great point by you. Hadn't even thought about it that way. And you're right. Justice for Chief Jay Strongbow. You could argue, by the way, that Chief Jay Strongbow's name doesn't get mentioned enough. Because when you talk to people who are from this area in particular... They will talk to you a lot about Chief J. Strongbow. A lot of Strongbow talk. Vincent has a, 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 an email. Justice for Haku. Um, he said, as we talk about criminally underrated superstars, wow, is Haku not in the Hall of Fame? In addition to being an absolute fixture at the turning point of WWF success in the late 80s when he was King Haku and part of the Brains family and tag champs with Andre, he also doubles as one of the scariest dudes ever to lace him up. It's a great point. My barometer is for that is thinking about if a person hit on your girlfriend at a bar, how scared would you be? The Road Warriors come to mind, along with Brock Lesnar and the aforementioned Haku. Fair point. Male. David says, let SGG and Dip figure out a show. Give them the least amount of preparation. Sounds like fun for us, like Raw Underground <laughs> for next week's cheap heat. It's not a bad idea. It's it, You know what? Let's consider it. Someone uh, sent a, an email called mail. Tossed in the wild. Is this what Natalie's parents mean? You can get it in stores now. Nope, that's an alcohol. He sent a bottle of booze. That is not what toast is. Tom says, 
Mail. Peter Dip SUG, longtime listener from pre SUG. Slightly different take on this, but I have a very different recollection when it comes to certain acts who I remember being bigger at the time than they realistically were. For example, I've been a fan since late 80s, but became a massive fan around 92. I remember the likes of the Beverly Brothers, Skinner, Bastion Booger, and Ludwig Borgia, Borga, sorry, uh, being bigger deals than they were. Looking back, they were probably about five pay-per-views between them. Yeah, dude. I as as just as just uh, indicated by me forgetting the name Ludwig Borga. Not my era, and gone. Beverly Brothers barely. I mean. Skinner, a moment in time. Bastion Booger gets talked about a lot, and I'm always like, I don't have any connection to Bastion Booger. That's from Tom in Bristol, UK. So you know Dip would be very excited. Uh, Jared asked us a question. Uh, he sent us just the John Cena post and wrote, what are your T's? Um, let's see. How about Christopher, who has a Royal Rumble prediction? Male. Hey, from Oakland, by way of Harlem NYC, to my forever 24-7 champ, the physically statless and the mage of the cinch. I've emailed before, but hope finally to have my email right on the pod. I've been an OG listener way back with a maker of shoes, also with a life. I'm a teacher who loves wrestling, and wrestling is great. I'm listening to the 12-12-23 episode, and I need your tease on this situation. Cody and CM Punk pull a Brett Luger final two exit, and it leads to all kinds of shenanigans. I don't know. As he put it, this is his word. He likes. It leads to all kinds of shenanigans. My word, please use it, he says. That lead to a triple threat main event. They try to restart at the Rumble, but it doesn't work. They do a one-on-one, and it's a schmoz. Each man campaigns to be the main event to no avail. Then the GMs get together to decide on the triple threat. Hope to hear from you soon, Chris. That, that, you know what? That's fun. Spencer sends a, a message. Mail. The subject is drinking. Please, please record a podcast in Rio when you and Natalie are a little tipsy. I'll consider it. Obviously, we'd have to have Dip listen to it first, Troy. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, recommend this, especially something that Dip needs to listen to because then that's just a pain for me, and I don't want to work that hard. Well, what if I just said it to you and you listen to it and I just try, I trust you? I mean, by the way, I trust my own judgment. I, it, there would be nothing, literally nothing but like laughing. I can't, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't get that stupid. So you're a professional. I'm a professional. Yeah. So I, if I were to do that, I would only be feeling good. I, I'm not going to be like, fire up the podcast. I, I, I'm not going to, that's not going to happen. I would love to see a drunk Rosenberg. I, I've never been around a drunk Rosenberg. I, almost no one has because it doesn't really happen. I get like, really? Natalie, would you Natalie, would you say that you've ever seen me drunk? When? She's had to have. Oh, she's coming. She's walking in the room. She's lurking and lurking. Here she's lurking up a storm. Here she comes. <laughs> Natalie, have you ever seen me drunk? I mean, I've definitely seen you drunk, but not like white girl wasted. You know what I mean? Like so, tipsy. So like would you does any time come to mind? Mm. Was there a time? I don't remember. So I guess the answer is kind of no. Take his leash off this poor have guy. Have you seen me drunk? No. I know. We're fucking boring. Okay. Wow. Now she's cursing. Excuse me, Rocky. You're coughing on the podcast. You have to move. Love you, bud. So is it you just know your limits and you just stop? Yeah. Like, 
when I feel good, like you can definitely catch me in a moment where like, you know, or I'm having a good time. Like I'm laughing. You know what? It, honestly, it happens after pay-per-view sometimes. Like after Mania last year, SummerSlam, one of them. Uh, I think it was SummerSlam this year. Me and my boy, Mike Rome. I, I was like, you know, I was lit. I was like a little bit lit, laughing hard, having fun. But I'm still going to be able to be like, all right. You know, like I just don't have. I don't have that switch of like, I don't care at all. I'm just mm. out of here. I don't. How drunk it. were you at your wedding? the best drunk i've ever been i was really oh i was i was like happy i I was happy and upbeat and remember everything for the most part but there was so much happening that it's like i don't think it's the alcohol it's just the event made it hard to remember everything listen i don't do many things well and i do (laughs) consider myself an addict in in many ways and I'm very careful with all the substances that, like, I ever interact with. Me and alcohol have a pretty nice relationship. I will say, like, because I'm paranoid, if I drink, like, too many times in a week, I think about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, oh, I drank on, I drank on, we went on a Tuesday, and I drank on, I went on, there's a party on a Thursday. What is this? Whoa. I definitely am always conscious of that. But I will say, and I always will be, I never want to get to a point where it's just like, whenever you see me, I've got a drink in my hand. Like, that's just, that's just not something I aspire to. Um, and I, I worry about the physical ramifications of that. Also, like, living morning life. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I listen, I don't want to put myself over here, but you've put me over, so I'll, I'll go with you here. The, the lovely physical compliments you've given me recently about keeping myself together. The reason I don't think I look 44 most of the time is because I sleep and I don't get drunk all the time. Like I re- I mean, y- people who drink, dude, you can meet someone who's a heavy drinker. And with all due respects, I'm sure I have some of you listening right now. I'm just keeping it real with you. If you drink a ton of alcohol and you don't, A, if you drink a ton of alcohol or if you drink even a little too much alcohol, but you don't drink enough water and you don't sleep enough, like I just swear the age just grabs you. Like you see it on someone's face, like just tired. And I just, I don't, I, listen, I'm, I may not be on TV because of my looks, but I don't want to be taken off of TV because mm. of my looks. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's got to be well, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive that you have that self-restraint considering just the amount of events that you go to, the amount of party atmospheres you're in. The well, that's that why. But, but keep in mind, I say no to a lot. I mean, like, I'm also kind of boring these days. So, <laughs> you know, because I will say, I'm not going to lie. It's hard. If I go to the suite at MSG, even on like a weeknight for a random game, but there's that open bar. It's very hard to say no to free drinks. Yeah. You know, like it's very, for whatever stupid reason. But like, for example, tonight, Natalie and I will, they'll, they'll offer alcohol on the flight and it'll be free. And I'll probably have a drink when we get on the plane. And my guess is I'll have a second drink and then I'll fall asleep. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to be that person who's getting sloshed on the flight. Like I don't, it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't sound like a, a, a good idea. So, um, all of that to say, we should talk to Cody Rhodes. Am I right? That was for you, Troy. Oh, yeah. I suppose we can. <laughs> um, all right. Let's do it. Uh, love you guys. There'll be something on the, on the pod the next couple of weeks. Next week, will it be me? Will it be Troy? Will it be Brian? Will it be... Uh, when I say Brian, I mean Brian Waters. Will it be SGG? Dip? We don't know, but there will be... I, you know what? I kind of want to have Dip host it and just see how he manages that. That could be fun. Wow, you know what? You may be on to something. 
Although if it goes well, are we ever going to hear the end of it? <laughs> but no, you know what? I don't hate that idea. Even if maybe the answer is I'll send you guys a little fun, something that you can play on the show. And whatever the time difference is, another 30 minutes, 25 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is, you make it a dip vehicle with SGG. That could be pretty funny. Let's see what he said. could be something. Uh, by the way, uh, I talked to Becky Lynch the other day, and I said to her, because uh, her and I are at the same agency, I said, I think uh, you know Dipperstein. And then I asked her about the agency's Halloween party. And she goes, oh, it was great. Rue, that's her baby. Rue didn't understand why Dip's cutout wouldn't talk to her. <laughs> Rue didn't understand. And I said, I said, well, and one day Rue's going to then wonder, why does this guy have a cutout of himself? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, anyways, even Rue loves Dip, as we all do. All right, everyone, here it is, my conversation with Cody Rhodes. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I was thinking it could be cool for people who don't know your story and are not familiar with Cody Rhodes. I'll set it up and then you finish it if you can. You're at WWE for a long time. You're following in the footsteps of your dad, the legendary Dusty Rhodes. You get to a point in your career in WWE where things just are not what you expected it to be. You're saddled with a character that's not your favorite. And you decide to walk away from the guaranteed safety and money of that job. And I would love for you to tell everybody out there listening in New York who may not know your story, what you decided to do and, and what happened next. It was unprecedented at the time for anyone to, to leave WWE. Typically, WWE makes you leave. They fire you. And in my case, uh, I was the one who, who went walking. And before I ever did that... Uh, I was planning on on what I would do because the whole purpose of walking away from that guaranteed money and the biggest sports entertainment company on the planet, the whole purpose was to prove that I was better than the place I was on that card. And I had to do that. The only way to do that is, is walk and not talk. And I had put together a list of hot independent professional wrestlers at the time that I would go out and that helped mobilize the fan base. I'm going to check every box on this list. Um, that journey would then take me to creating with two buddies of mine, the very first independent wrestling show that ever had over 10,000 people attend. We were told it couldn't be done. It sold out almost instantly. That spurred 
being part of the team that brought an alternative uh, wrestling promotion back to cable television opposite of WWE. And throughout my tenure with AEW, I was I was the competition, the the alternative. Um, really, all of that, I, I, I couldn't envision how I returned, but I did return to WWE at WrestleMania. And since then, it's been a run that only only a little eight-year-old me could have possibly dreamed of. Uh, defeating Seth Rollins, not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, defeating Brock Lesnar twice. Winning the Royal Rumble. It, it you know, and, and main eventing WrestleMania 39, the most profitable event in the, the history of our game. I am very lucky and I am very blessed that I ever, uh, that I ever bet on myself. And the confidence that you have in yourself, how, how much does, of that comes from your legacy and your dad? You know, I think sometimes maybe there's a thin line between confidence and, uh, and maybe ignorance. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think my dad had this ability to, he, he was very, very much a motivator consistently, always looking on the bright side of everything, every every cloud with a silver lining. And that that made things that are impossible or feel impossible or seem impossible. He always looked at them as things that could be achieved. And I think just through the osmosis of him raising me and wonderful parents that I had, both, both him and my mother, Michelle, um, it's, it's a little bit of ignorance and a little bit of confidence. It, it's, it's, it's better not to know all the reasons why it's not going to work. It's better not to know all the curveballs you'll face, uh, and just, just go at that. And, uh, so much of, uh, so much of what I'm doing today, uh, I know he did, he'd get a huge kick out of. Is there a version? So like, you know, people who watch, who, who watch WWE a lot and, and understand the product know that, you know, you, you have certain kinds of characters, characters the fans cheer for, characters the fans boo. You know, for the last couple of years since Cody came back, Don, um, basically immediately upon getting here, he became the tippy-top guy of who fans cheer for, okay? Mm. Like, he, he I mean, I, I don't want to make Cody blush, but he, he jumped into basically That's that number one spot almost immediately. And I'm curious, is there any version of your life where you would have stayed with WWE and eventually gotten that opportunity? Or did it only come because you were willing to bet on yourself and come back? You know, if you look at it from the, like an Elseworlds perspective and then maybe a mirror universe vibrating and, you know, a, a, a different frequency, perhaps. Uh, I never, I never wanted to leave, and, and and then when I did want to leave, it's because the place had broken my heart. I I cared so much about it. Um, you know, I I really don't know. I do know that Stardust, specifically the character that I was portraying before I left, which was, you know, a space clown. It was painted face, and it was it was very. Uh, I don't know how to, a lot of comedy. I did always put my heart and soul into it. But I do know that without that rock bottom period, I would have never uh, I would have never had the the low feeling that would bring me to to that decision and that would bring me to being so motivated when I left to just be everywhere, every 
time and every company and before the forbidden door was even a thing crossover on all all platforms that i possibly could so that's a great that's a great question i i i often wonder had i stayed but having not stayed a lot of good was done not just for me i'm again i'm blessed to even be here but the, the industry i was i was able to do a couple things for the actual business that when you're a little eight-year-old kid who just wants to wear the belt around your waist and run around your underwear, you don't think about that. And uh, I know me and, and Matt and Nick are, are, are very proud of, of that for, for, uh, for our industry. Uh, and you said you, you left and, you know, and you look at the rivalry with AEW and, and WWF going back to the day, now WWE, it's, it's always had some level of competition. Uh, how, how good is it to have rival alternatives is, is it good for the sport and does it keep wwe on its toes having seen both sides of it cody how how good overall is it for the health of wrestling to have some other competition some alternatives to wwe well you know i'll say the area is probably the most beneficial and the most uh the most helpful is in terms of there's only so many jobs for you to pull, put your tights on and pull your boots up and and be a professional wrestler and be a uh, an in-ring superstar and the fact that there's opportunity now to be paid well um outside of just wwe it it creates a healthier healthier bodies healthier minds uh creates a better a, a better system amongst the locker rooms the locker rooms are better off for there being alternatives and there being competition. But I will say, and, and this has been the case of WWE over the last two years, WWE has entered into a whole new stratosphere. I mean, really, we're still searching for a name for this era. It's, it's a golden era. And the bottom line of dollars and cents, the black and white, is that the last time this happened was the Attitude Era in the late 90s with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and these just absolutely mm -hmm. luminary, legendary personas. For us to be able to be breaking their records, there really isn't a competition for WWE right now. Um, and, and it's and, and that's something I don't take for granted. And, and uh, not what would, it, it stays that way because this team is really moving forward. Uh, CM Punk just returned. Uh, to WWE, uh, Nick Khan and Triple H uh, have taken what, what Vince created and built, and, and they've moved it, and, and the goalposts have continued to move. It's really a special time to be on the team. It seems like everybody wants to be with us, and I'm happy, as, as sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg mentioned, the position <laughs> I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be in that position. Uh, and and we're thrilled to have you back. Uh, everybody was just tickled to to find out you'd be walking through those doors again. And actually, if you want a chance to see w, uh, WWE star Cody Rhodes and everybody else, including uh, I mentioned CM Punk, Dirty Dom Mysterio, and so many more, MSG uh, December twenty sixth. Right now, caller fifteen eight 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 nine eight seven ESPN. A pair of tickets to be in the building. And Cody, you told me yesterday you wanted to tell me what the match was and, and there was something special you wanted to add to this match on the 26th at the Garden. Uh, there was something special I wanted to add to the match. And, and as of today, Adam Pierce and WWE, the, the top brass, the higher-ups, have uh, 
have confirmed this is what's going to happen, not only at the Madison Square Garden holiday, uh, holiday tour the day after Christmas, not only will we be a wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura, but it will be in a bull rope match. And that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that fills my, uh, my heart up. It's, it's not only a, a match that my family has, uh, perhaps made famous to a degree, but also it's the original bull rope that we've had amongst Dusty, Dustin, and myself. Um, so looking forward to the holiday tour, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Cody Rhodes, uh, first time ever bull rope match. I, I interviewed Shawn Michaels last week, and he told me that for his money, Dom Mysterio was the MVP of WWE over the last year. Uh, I'm curious about that, what you think of that statement and what you think of Dom Mysterio. Oh, well, that's, that's uh, loaded because Dom is a, is a prickly individual, but if I was looking at it from taking soul, merch soul, excitement over matches, genuine body of work, I'd say your MVP is... Uh, I'm not going to say myself. Somebody else hopefully will say me. But I'd say Seth Rollins, the NWA champion, is probably uh, somebody who's more of an MVP. Uh, who am I to go against what Shawn Michaels said, though? If Shawn Michaels sees something in Dominic Mysterio, that's that's huge because he's not one that uh, that often will make that that claim. Dom is... As difficult as he is to get along with, he is incredibly, incredibly linked to the audience. I have a feeling that if Don Mysterio, he walks out now, if those of you don't watch WWE, he walks out, he puts the mics to his lips, and you can't hear a word he's saying because they blew him out of the building. I, I have a sense that Dom will be getting that same reaction two or three years from now, but they won't be boots. They'll be cheers. There is something incredibly special about the young man, and I'm sorry that I've had to beat him so many times, um, but uh, I, I look forward to what he does. He comes from good stock, obviously, and his future is perhaps brighter than anybody's. How special is it to, uh, to do all this at the Garden? Garden is where it all started for uh, for for my my family. There's this whole it's gotten way overblown now. Theme we have on WWE programming, finish the story, and finish the story stems from a match in 1978 in Madison Square Garden where my dad went for the WWWF title mm. against Superstar Billy Graham. He won the match, but he did not win the title, and uh, that's. I was the one as a little kid. I wanted to put it in his hand and say, hey, you can't take it away from me now. Uh, that's That was my first goal, my first dream. And to be able to uh, to be in the, the same air. The garden is an incredibly special experience for anybody. Whether you're sitting in the seats or you're in the ring, there's just a level of adrenaline that pumps into your soul that perhaps other places don't have. I, I, I love MSG and... You, you got to remember, my my father's uh, roots were in Tampa, Florida, in a little Yankee stadium and, and spring training. And when he first got the call to go up to New York, I, I think he was perhaps a little trepidatious about how a New York market would take for this 
Texas boy uh, in this in this Tampa, you know, this Tampa star, and the way they took to him has been something that I know it meant so much to him. Any match, my dad wrestled Ric Flair a thousand times. He wrestled Harley Race, all these individuals, Terry Funk. But if you were to ask him what his favorites were, it's those three sold out shows in the Garden. It's just a special place. You never forget your 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 time in the Garden. I got two more things for you, Cody. And again, Cody Rhodes and the rest of the WWE will be at MSG on December 26th. You mentioned, you just mentioned his name in passing when talking about your dad. When the great Terry Funk passed away a few months ago, you were tapped to, to come on SmackDown and talk about Terry Funk. How, how did that feel for you to have that honor? And what does it mean to you to sort of be, at this point, the kind of veteran that is incredibly popular with the kids today, but also has such a tie to the the past of this business. It's a it's an interesting and cool spot. I think it's a great um, tightrope to walk. I really want to go further with the game. You know, the speed of our industry is changing. The competitiveness of it, the just overall demand is is just like any sport or any performance is being increased. But then to have you know, one foot in the past where you can take these things. We always say in our game, what's old is new. You can take things like any, anybody who's coming up in a wrestling school today wants to be a wrestler, wants to be a WWE superstar. You could learn from just watching Terry Funk walk to the ring. Terry Funk, Dory Funk. I mean, truly, truly there's, there's a lot of magic that can be used again. Uh, and, and, It'd be your own your own wink to wink to the past, I suppose. Um, but to do that for Terry Funk uh, on that SmackDown was incredibly special. And I often, when given that spot, I, I just got to recently introduce the you know the the tribute to the Truth Show. I mean, Peter, you you've been with the company. It it's still surreal to me that that it's my name next to those things it's not i'm not putting on any front about it it's it's surreal to me i try to thank everyone who i could possibly thank when i get those opportunities because to be in that spot was i was very lucky and i'm, I'm hoping that some of these little kids who come to these shows and, and enjoy what i do maybe they looked into terry funk that night and saw some of the magic that he offered the parents for so many years don i gotta tell you something about cody I, I, cody is one of those guys that's so nice that like you wonder yeah. is he like this all the time? I'm I'm just being honest with you with with you, Cody. Like you you are yeah. that is the kind of personality he has, and I've, I'm not the only person who said this. That people go, does it ever stop? Is there ever a moment? Last time at the Na- at Nassau, Nassau Coliseum, you finished the show, and you sat around after the show and signed everything for every kid who waited and stayed there by the barricade. That's is there amazing. ever a day? When people can catch Cody Rhodes not in that sort of mood, well, uh, I'd say never, never kids because you know I'm, I'm a father now, and it, the, just the, their enjoyment and what we do, they're they're the, the greatest fans, so that they're not going to catch me that way. But I, I can say I, I'm not as nice as you described, and if you put a little bourbon in me perhaps then it's a lot spicier <laughs> situation remember i've got all this equity within the industry my families my dad my brothers all this so i also have a lot of opinions and perhaps you know some of them a little more bitter than others but uh 
I, I know how lucky I am to be in the position I am right now. And I think I, I try to, I don't want to, I try to be the best version of me I can uh, to honor the position I'm in. Uh, last one. We we talked about a lot of names, and we talked about WWE. This is an incredible space that WWE is in. The level of talent, in my opinion, the quality of shows right now, just week to week on TV. Um, the, the 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 premium live events are amazing. And when you look at talent that's come in, CM Punk just arrived. Uh, Jade Cargill just arrived, and Cody Rhodes also is here. It, it, all in the last couple of years. The, the one name that is sort of out there that people say, the, maybe the last one that people go, oh, my God, we have to see this guy. I could argue there are a couple, but certainly none bigger than a fellow New Yorker, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, would you be interested, and do you think we will one day see MJF in WWE? I think one day you you will see MJF in WWE. I think one thing I'm, I'm really proud of him for uh, for those who don't know, MJF was one of my recruits and uh, probably the one I'm the most excited about, uh, just his potential, his personality, his, his, his overall professionalism is, is beaming. But one thing I'm proud of him for doing is if you notice, he's put on a lot of muscle and he's put it on safely uh, over the last year and a half. And when he does make that jump, and I don't know when that is, if, if he makes the jump, but if he comes to WWE, you have to stand across from guys like Drew McIntyre. You have to stand across from guys like Omas, uh, our, our gosh, Brock Lesnar. And again, he, I'm not shaming anyone who's not hitting the gym and playing and banging with the weights like The Rock would say, but it is part of what we do now. Uh, you you, you got to be able to... to uh, to swing the bat with the big boys and I watching him grow physically, uh, it seems like maybe he knows where his, his future lies. But really, um, your your guess is as good as mine. I never bothered him about it because I, I, I just want to remain the, the friends we've become today. Well, don't worry, I bother him about it. Um <laughs> Cody. <laughs> we we appreciate your time and we're stoked to see you in that bull rope match at MSG on the 26th. Thank you, man. Thank you guys very, very much. I appreciate it. And anything that has got connections to the New York Yankees, my sister, oh my gosh. She was so excited when I was going to be on this thing. My gosh. Thank you. Guys. Oh, really? Well, when you come to town, you and your sister, we'll make sure Michael K and the Yes Network takes yeah. care of you. Kidding me? Take care. We got so, you. So the Yes Network was on in my house consistently the entire my entire childhood, and I was often thrown out of the room in playoff season because my sister and my dad, Yankees baseball was their thing, and I didn't get it. And yeah, so I she it's it's a big deal. I mean, my my niece is named Maris after Roger Maris. It's a big deal in our family. So what? I was I was here. Your your dad is so funny to me. So he's like the ultimate, he's the son of a plumber, he's the most regular <laughs> Southern man ever, right, Don? Yes. And the two teams I know of him loving are the Yankees and the Lakers. So my dad liked winners. That's the best <laughs> way to put it. He liked, he, liked, he liked winners, and he didn't want to be one of those people that shy away from winning franchises. If they're a winning franchise, they're doing something right. He didn't like the underdogs, which is wild because he's perhaps a large underdog in the industry but he liked winners and that's how he raised us 
That is, that, I love it. I love it. Cody, thank you, buddy. I'll see you next yeah, week. Merry Christmas. Great, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Merry Christmas, guys. It's professional wrestling. Big shout out to Cody Rhodes. Don't forget, he'll also be on that Raw on Christmas Day. And we'll be back with more next week, everyone. Send your emails to rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I'll see him while I'm in Brazil. Don't worry. Jump in the Discord, whatever it may be. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flop. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form.